listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome to episode number 199. Guess who's back? The one and only CM Punk returned to WWE at Survivor Series at Allstate Arena last Saturday night. We will talk all about that show and Punk's return. We'll also preview a huge weekend in the region with AAW's Jim Lina Memorial Tournament, POW Entertainment, Rocket Pro Wrestling, and Wisconsin's biggest indie event of the year, Blizzard Brawl. And for the first time in two years, we welcome back the promoter for one of the most enjoyable Chicagoland wrestling companies, Second Wrestling, Rabbi Jeremy Fine. You'll get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. It's your boy, FTC Frank the Clown here, and you are listening or doing something with your ears to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Frank the Clown's been a guest a couple of times. Will I be a guest again? Oh, I don't know. Get the check ready, Mike. <laughs> Attention! Windy City Slam is looking for a few good tag team partners to advertise on Windy City Slam Podcast and WindyCitySlam.com. Get your product or service notice with pro wrestling fans. Affordable rates that fit your budget. Message us on Facebook, X, or Instagram, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Hey, this is Trevor Outlaw, but you bozos can address me as you are rudely, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast, and you can check it out every Tuesday. Oh, wait, I've been on this like five times. I should know this by now. Either way, not getting paid enough for this. Windy City Slam podcast. Check it out on Tuesdays, and you never know when Trevor Outlaw is going to be back. Back here on Windy City Slam podcast. And I didn't even mention it on last week's show. Anything about the potential return of CM Punk. There have been a lot of reports poo-pooing anything going on between WWE and CM Punk over the last couple of weeks. And maybe the reports are right. Maybe the reports are wrong. Maybe Triple H has had a very private conversation. And that's what some of the reports were, that Triple H had a private conversation with CM Punk and not many people knew that they made an agreement for Punk to return this past Saturday night at Survivor Series. Triple H and maybe a handful of others even knew until like midway through the show Saturday night and what a show Survivor Series was. Let's get into it. The women's war games match Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi and Becky Lynch defeat the team of damage control. Bailey, Asuka, Io Sky, and Kyrie Sane. A lot of fun in this match. A lot of weapons. Dakota Kai uh, interfered a few times, sticking kendo sticks and other things through the cage. And Io Sky coming down with the garbage can like around her body. It was pretty crazy stuff. And Shotzi was a real star here, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And in the end, the babyface team wins, and they celebrate. Even with Charlotte and Becky at times... Not being on the same page, although now it looks like they are. They had a big hug toward the end. Really cool to see. WWE Intercontinental Championship, Gunther retains, continuing his longest reign in the history of WWE for that title. He pins The Miz. And then in a pretty good under-the-radar match, Santos Escobar pins Dragon Lee, who was subbing for Carlito, whom they did an injury angle for a few days ago on television. And now... Santos has the leg up on the LWO and Carlito, even though Carlito did not wrestle. We'll see what happens with that in the coming weeks. And his Rey Mysterio mends from his knee injury. And then we have for the Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley retains over Zoe Stark. And in the main event, the Men's War Games match, 
Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and the returning Randy Orton. And man, he looked good. They defeated the team of the Judgment Day of Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dominic Mysterio, and J.D. McDonough, along with their partner, Drew McIntyre. Another terrific match. Lots of violence. Lots of big spots. And this was really cool. I thought this was... I never thought you'd see this. A attempted Money in the Bank cash-in during war games. As everything looked bleak, Randy Orton had not been to the arena yet, so they said... So they were going five on four, and it was Randy's turn to come in the arena. The clock ran out, nothing. And then we hear Rhea Ripley's music, and she charges down to the ring with Damian Priest's Money in the Bank briefcase. They were going to try to cash in on Seth Rollins in the war games. I mean, very creative cash-in, really cool stuff. But the cash-in was not completed before familiar music hits it's Randy Orton making his return, storming down the aisle into the double cage. And the team of Cody, Seth, Jay, Sammy, and Randy end up winning the match. Terrific stuff. They're celebrating in the ring. The copyright notice goes on the screen. Looks like they're going to a wrap moments away. But a familiar tune comes over the public address system. And yes, CM Punk is Back in WWE, defying all the odds. It was an amazing return. The fans went crazy. It was a thunderous pop. Not everybody was happy. As we saw different footage of Drew McIntyre stomping out before the punk music even hit. Seth Rollins flipping off punk and just going crazy and having to be held back by Michael Cole and Corey Graves. There's arguments whether that's a work or a shoot. I think it might be a little bit of both. And then even there was a video of Rhea Ripley flipping off Punk as well. He's not a super popular guy with the locker room, per se. I mean, a lot of guys like him. Some don't. A lot of fans like him, and some don't. I mean, some people have had bad experiences with Punk. I personally, I know I was a little disappointed with some of the stuff that went down with Punk in AEW. However, any interaction I've ever had with him was always positive. In fact, I had a like a five-minute conversation with him at C2E2 a number of years ago, pre-pandemic. Really chill dude. We talked about the Blackhawks and Walking Dead and everything else, and we just kind of hung out and, you know, eventually I just gave him his space when more people came up to say hello. But the whole cool thing about his interactions at C2E2 in conjunction with pro wrestling tees at that point where... It, he was there most of the day, so people could go up and talk to him. And, you know, you get your picture and your autograph, you pay your money for that. But he did not mind talking to the fans as well. And that was a positive experience for me with CM Punk. And I've always had great experiences with him. It's going to be an interesting few months. On the road to WrestleMania, on the road to the Royal Rumble. Where does CM Punk fit into all of this? Obviously, there's Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and L.A. Knight. The Bloodline, the Judgment Day. Randy Orton is back. It is a really good time to be a WWE fan. Amazing stuff right there. And Triple H and CM Punk doing the famous point picture after the show. And if you would have told me that Punk was going to be brought back by Triple H, even like a year or two ago, I would have told you you were nuts. I mean, there was a point in time, right when Punk left, that he and Triple H were pretty bitter enemies, politically wise, in-ring wise, whatever. And it was supposed to be Punk and Triple H at a WrestleMania match, and that kind of fills it through. Punk was very upset with his direction in WWE. There was the walkout. There was the famous Colt Cabana podcast. A lot of stuff went down. Some bridges burned with WWE. Bridges burned with some of his friends. Punk was away from the business for a long time, made that great comeback with AEW, and then that kind of went up in flames over the past year or so. But it's been quite the ride, and I can't wait to see what happens. And really cool the way they played this return up by Triple H at the end of the show. If you remember NXT Chicago TakeOver, number one, they had the main event. At the end of that show, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano we're on the ramp. The credits go up. Looks like everything's going to end. The show's going to wrap up. But Champa attacks Gargano for the little bit of a surprise you weren't expecting as the show was going off the air. 
And this was the same thing with the punk return. Show's about to go off the air. Cody Rhodes, music playing. Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, and all those guys celebrating. And then the punk music goes off. Everybody explodes and punk returns. Really cool way that they did all this by Triple H. And again, I'm looking forward to everything that's going to happen over the next few months and couple of years. All right, going into some local stuff. We had ARW's Black and Blue Wednesday this past Wednesday night, November the 22nd. The highlight of that show in Lake Station, Indiana was James Creed defeating JPH to win the ARW Championship in a 30-minute Iron Man match. And coming up this week, a full slate of wrestling action in the Chicagoland metro area and in the region. Friday night, December the 1st, AAW Pro presents the Jim Lynam Memorial Tournament at the Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn. Bell time is 7.30. If you can't get a ticket, you can check it out in highspots.tv and advertise 12 of the 16 entrants for the Lynam Memorial Tournament, including former AAW champion Jake Something, former AAW women's champion Masha Slamovich, Mance Warner, Robert Ego Anthony, heavyweight hustle Calvin Tankman, the human highlight Isaiah Moore, the land shark Conan Lycan, Big Beef Gnarls Garvin, who was last year's winner in the Linum, and then Manders, the last real man Silas Young, Uncle T Solomon Tupu, and last week's Windy City Slam podcast guest, Hartenbauer of the Johnny Bravo family, plus four more names to be determined. And then we have the AEW Tag Team Championship, Russ Jones and Schaff defend against the Outrunners who you may have been seeing a little bit on AEW and ROH television lately. So that ought to be kind of cool. And also Friday night, December the 1st, Wrestle League presents Seasons Beatings at the Raven Room in Chicago. Turning to Saturday, December the 2nd, Black Label Pro presents Slamilton at Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn. Check it out on Fight Plus if you can't get a ticket. Matches are as follows. The BLP Midwest Championship... Calvin Tankman defends against Matt Mikowski. And then you have former Windy City Slam podcast guest Dirty Dango of Impact Wrestling taking on Dan the Dad. And get this match. Sean Ross Sapp, and if you know that name, he's the wrestling journalist from Fightful.com. He's getting into the ring, or, well, might be in the ring. It's also going to be a street fight. And Sean Ross Sapp is taking on Shaza McKenzie in a Berwyn street fight. And... This is going to be insane. And the Black Label Pro Tag Team Championships, and this is going to be a banger in itself. We have Bang and Matthews defending the titles against Violence Is Forever, Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini. And congratulations to Violence Is Forever for a top 20 finish in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top Tag Teams for the second straight year. Pretty awesome. Former WWE superstar Orlando Colon takes on Rico Gonzalez. In a tag match, the Natterday Saints face Gangrel and Zaya Brookside. In a dog collar match, and wow, Trevor Outlaw is going to probably regret this, as Trevor Outlaw takes on Matt Brannigan. A number one contender's four-way match sees Young Jay Lee versus Joshua Bishop versus Eli Isom versus Camaro Jackson. And also, we'll see Rachel Armstrong squaring off against Maki Ito. Saturday night, December the 2nd, Rocket Pro Wrestling presents Christmas Chaos at St. Joseph Park in Joliet. And we're going to see Lennox Leon versus the master of the Chicago Bear Hug, Steve Michaels. And we have Damian DeShane taking on Devin August. For the RPW Inter-County Championship, the real deal Rion Skills defends against suburban German Josef von Jager in a rematch from last month's show. And in a miracle on 34th Street fight, the Coyotes explode as TDC's The Wicked Side Brooks Berna takes on old evil Christian Rose. For the RPW Outer Limits Championship, we talked a little bit about this match last week on the program, the wild child Connor Hopkins defends against Hartenbauer. A triple threat match for the Rocket Pro Championship. The Dreambreaker Aaron Stone defends against Shaq Jordan. And Sexy Violence Quinn Wittick, the former RPW champion. And you never know, 
if RPWs rocket to the top briefcase holder, Gunner Brave will be lurking. Should be interesting. And then, a crazy, and this is insane, a no-disqualification six-man tag team match, the world-famous Fabulous Idols of Joey Roth, Kevin Cade, and Damian Gray, with Roxy in their corner, taking on the threesome of, get this, Rockstar Johnny Nye, C-Red, and PX. yes, our sometimes correspondent for Rocket Pro Wrestling, PX, Pat Ackerman, of the lovely intoxicated men actually getting into the ring for this match. Like, wow, how is this going to turn out? Might turn out pretty bad for PX. And for the RPW Tag Team Championships in the main event, the final level, Shogun Chris Logan and All Day Marche Rocket face the Barker Cody James and Cypher. It was originally supposed to be Magic Inc., but Jake Dumas could not make it, but Cypher will take Dumas's place, and two CSW stars, Cody James and Cypher, will be in the main event here. It's going to be a lot of fun. And they also have a familiarity with Marche from CSW, and obviously Shogun and All Day being together is incredible. All right, Saturday night, December the 2nd, POW Entertainment presents Rage Reaction at the American Legion 703 in Fox Lake and for the POW Heavyweight Championship in a street fight, four-way match, Psychotic Jimmy Blaze defends the title against Kazile, Eric Freedom, and it's your boy, Mason Perks. That's going to be wild. And I think one of the young guns is going to come out of there with the title, either Kazile or Perks. Stay tuned. And then for the POW Tag Team Championship, the Brothers of Funstruction, Ruffle and Yabo, defend against Irish POW Army, of Medox O'Bannon and Kevin O'Reilly. And then GQ faces Will Emery in what could be his final match or one of his last matches in Power Entertainment. Tiny teams up with Axel Bryo to take on the duo of Style and Shade Eaton and Jay Scott. In a grudge match, Moondog Greg Murray takes on Matteo Valentine. Hunter Payne faces the bruiser Jamie Race. And there will also be the Zebra Kid Battle Royal. Also, Saturday night, December the 2nd, GLCW presents Blizzard Brawl at the Waukesha County Expo Center, just outside of Milwaukee in Waukesha. Bell time is 7 p.m., meet and greet is 4.30, and they have a big lineup of meet and greets. We'll get to that in just a second. For the NWA Championship, EC3 defends against the indie god, Matt Cardona. That's a terrific match. And then for the GLCW Championship, Backwoods Brown with Sandra D and Josh defending against Sean Spears with his wife, Cassie Lee. And you want to talk about Roman Reigns being a forever champion. Backwoods Brown's championship reign is nearly four years. It's nearly as long as this podcast has been in existence. Almost four years. Backwoods Brown looking to take that title. And if he retains, he'll take that championship into January and we'll hit that four-year mark as champion. And then in tag team action, a special attraction, Cash Flow from OVW, you probably saw him on The Wrestlers, and his partner will be CBS 58 Milwaukee's Iron Mike Kirkhoff, and they're taking on the team of De Niro, formerly known as Jay Cash, and Coda Jacobs, a former Windy City's Land podcast guest. And then in a three-way match, we have Joe Alonzo of the NWA, versus the 80s baby, TW3, and OVW certified Luke Curtis. And then we have Psycho Boy Fodder, with his wife, Angelina Love, in his corner, taking on Tony Gunn. For the GLCW Women's Championship, Layla Gray defends against Renee Michelle and Harley J. And the special referee in this match, former WWE diva Alicia Fox. And in a student versus teacher match, Kel Hero takes on Doug Basham. And then we have Heath Slater taking on Mayan Mahler, Drew Hernandez, with Crystal White in his corner. And now the special meet and greet guests for this show include Conan, who is only for VIPs, people who have like tickets for rows one through four. And then we have Matt Cardona, Devon Dudley, Alicia Fox, EC3, Damian Sandow, Boogeyman, Christy Hemi, Kelly Kelly, SoCal Val, 
Layla Gray, Al Snow, The Berserker, Angelina Love, Psycho Boy Fodder, Shane Douglas, Francine, Bill Alfonso, Gilberg, Sean Spears, Cassie Lee, Heath Slater, Demolition, and Renee Michelle. And you can get more info on this show and tickets at blizzardbrawl.net. Also, Sunday, December the 3rd, Gali Lucha Libre presents Galis Navidad at DuPage Soccer next to Foreman Mills in Villa Park. And Gali's special gift to you, an appearance by Bandito for a meet and greet only. All right, coming up in just a moment here. For the first time in two years, we welcome back the promoter of Second Wrestling, Rabbi Jeremy Fine. Stay tuned. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Cross Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. Back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. And for the first time in about two years, we welcome back the promoter for one of the most enjoyable Chicagoland wrestling companies, Second Wrestling. Rabbi Jeremy Fine. Good morning, Rabbi. Good morning, Mike. I love that. The word enjoyable, you know, uh, we'll take that as uh, a moniker for second wrestling. It's really sort of the goal is to just bring smiles to people's faces and uh, give them some family time. So we'll take enjoyable. I like that. Yeah. It's been a fantastic two years for second wrestling. And I have to say, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching and covering your company ever since its inception two years ago. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it, it really, what, what we pride ourselves, and we tell this to really all of our talent all the time, especially ones who are new to us, is our locker room. Our locker room is what makes us special. The people in it, striving for the same goals, working for the same outcome. What we hear from fans, I think most often, is we we can't believe you topped the last show. And it's not necessarily a credit to one individual. It's a credit to the whole crew you know, our, our big dilemma is, is we have so many wonderful people and we want to give them opportunities and how do we do that equally, but also promote stars and create new ones. And uh, we're super excited about some of our younger, our younger talent who's gone on or going on to do great things. And yeah, I think a lot of it is the locker room we've built and who comes through that locker room. Yeah, we'll definitely get into the, some of that younger talent you're referring to in a little bit. So you've had many great local and regional stars competing for second wrestling over the years. And then you've had like special guests from MLW and the NWA who have wrestled on these shows as well, as well as former WWE superstars coming back for meet and greets and even matches. And it's been a really good fun mix of all that talent coming in. Yeah, I think that's sort of our recipe is that uh, we have some people here who are sort of been with us since the beginning, the Eric Cannons of the world, the Billy Starks is of the world. And then we have, we always try to bring in at least a couple, at least one, but try to do a more than one talent who you don't regularly see in the Midwest or certainly in Chicago. Uh, I shouldn't say Midwest, I should say Chicago and, and hopefully give them good enough matches that it's, it's worth it. And then others from around the, the country. And then usually one or two, I'm just going to put in quotes uh, names that, you know, I, I, I allow our other talent to elevate as well. So, you know, take uh, last year we had Effie who, you know, was so great in the locker room. And while you may see Effie on a lot of other shows, uh, we're presenting Effie a little different because we're not 
freelance at a bar full of, uh, you know, 20 and 30 year olds where we've got a lot of young kids and they, and Effie was a, a, a blast work, but Chelsea Green is another, is another name that we had to sort of elevate the show, Gay Grell and when you, and Chris Masters. And when you put them in matches with people who don't regularly get to wrestle an Effie or a Chris Masters, they grow and we've seen that. And so, yeah, that's sort of our mix, both to our fans, but also to our locker room. And so all the people we've brought in, we want them to be a, a an added bonus to the locker room. It's not just that they're going to wrestle, which is important, but uh, also add to the the atmosphere and the camaraderie that we've that we've begun building. And now coming up on Sunday, December the tenth, back at where it all started at the Bernard Wenger JCC three hundred Revere Drive in Northbrook, Illinois. Second Wrestling presents Second in Command. Doors at four, Bell at five. And this card is starting to stack up to be pretty good. And we have a couple of matches that have been announced so far. For the second wrestling championship, we have NWA star Missa Kate defending the second wrestling championship. And she will have Aries Creed lurking in her corner. And Missa takes on second wrestling original, first ever second wrestling champion, and new AEW and ROH star Billy Starks. That's going to be a terrific match. I, I couldn't think of a better main event. Uh, for our second anniversary, Billy wasn't pinned for her title. Uh, Eric Cannon actually pinned Missa Kate in a four-way. And this is an opportunity for Billy to get her title back. And I'm going to say her title because it originated with her. And the two, you know, have wrestled before, but this will be a great opportunity for them to really uh, wrestle for something big, like a like a title in the main event and in front of a lot of people. And we're super excited for both of them. It should be a great match. Yeah, both really great people as well outside the ring. Absolutely. And then we have the aforementioned Eric Cannon, another former second wrestling champion against Trevor Outlaw. Yeah, so this match was actually scheduled to be our first ever match um, that was going to take place for our inaugural tournament. Uh, Trevor got injured and really close to the show. And uh, if you recall, we had Warhorse. So the, the first match ever was technically Eric Cannon versus Warhorse. Uh, Cannon and, and Trevor have wanted to go at it since, specifically Trevor wanting this match. And uh, this is a great opportunity. Two years later, in a in a different spot, but the two get to finally go at it. And then also advertise for the show, a guy you've really been trying to get to Chicago for a while, and he's finally coming now, and that's Jack Cartwheel. Yeah, we had Jack scheduled, but he had a great opportunity with Triple A, and you know we want our talent to to really shine, and that's you know he can't turn that opportunity, especially two years ago where he was just up and coming. For those who have not seen Jack Cartreel, he is worth the price of admission alone. So forget about for a moment, just forget about Missa and Billy and Cannon and Outlaw and all the other great superstars that we have. Jack Hartwheel is something fun, something special for all ages. He does stuff in the ring that no one else can do. And, and liking him to Viking Elingo that where, um, you know, you're just, you're just like, wow, what did I just see? <laughs> or Gringo Loco and, and that same sort of uh, uh, thing. And then you also have Jackson P. Larkin and Jason Midas. We have Darren Corbin, who's always been a pain in your side. We can get into that later if you'd like. Uh, Heather Monroe, David Ali, Sean Logan, Free Range Kara, Badger Briggs, and Gal Barke. In addition to all that talent, we have a special meet and greet with former WWE and NWA star, one half of the powers of pain, the massive Warlord. Yeah, we're super excited about Warlord. We've been doing, we usually do one, maybe two signings uh, a year at our shows or or out and about. We've we've had uh, Jordan Grace and Moose. We had Missa Cade at StarCast. And we've had some former stars. So we had Coco Beware. We had Cameron. And we had uh, the Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, those three, Cameron, Brawler, and Coco Beware, and this will be the fourth, is a part of our what we're calling our blackout series. So like you can you can have all the sort of eight by tens that sort of match up. And then I think we're going to move on to a new series. So that will be the series of, of pictures for those who are collecting. And uh, we're excited to have them. We love it. It's sort of like a nod to our fans that you come in, you see all these 
young, great talent, or maybe he's not so young, some of them, but, uh, you know, independent wrestlers. And then you get also to meet uh, an occasional legend. The big piece for me is that Warlord has a Hasbro that I need signed. So that's uh, an added bonus. And yeah, I mean, the talent you announced, some of it, some of them have uh, been with us before. Some are new. Gal Barke is on the, on the East Coast. Uh, Gal and I work together at our Mania show in L.A., uh, so it's it's certainly a, uh, his Chicago debut, but also a lot of people haven't gotten to see him. Badger Briggs has done an amazing job around the Midwest, and Badger will be with us for our first time in December. And then others, uh, Free Range Kara has been on our show, the December shows. That seems to be when we call her up uh, or down from Minnesota. And um, yes, as you mentioned, unfortunately, Darren Corbin, uh, we have come to uh, a term that if he wins, he's back in second wrestling. And if he loses, without any commentary, he has to take whatever bookings I send his way. So I think it's a fair deal. Yeah, it seems like he's definitely has an issue with you. He's even given you his uh, ginger snap in the middle of the ring. He has. He has given me a ginger snap. We It wasn't uh, one of the best days in my life. And then, you know, I was viciously attacked last summer on tour and he had us six months of suspension. He's denying any responsibility, but as you can see from the video and Eric Hanna comes out and uh, Derek Corbin's standing right next to me. So I, I don't really know what else to say. Uh, that's what the video is caught. So, you know, Darren, our, our sort of rivalry goes back to my days in Minnesota. And this is a good opportunity for me to sort of put him in his place. And you did mention the L.A. show, and Second Wrestling has done some pretty cool things over the last two years, including Mitzvah Mania, a Jewish WrestleMania show in the area where WrestleMania usually takes place. And then the summer camp shows for kids. You got shows during the week, during the day for campers that are seriously fun. And then you have birthday packages, too. So you guys do all kinds of cool little things here and there. Yeah, I think we have to differentiate ourselves slightly and, you know, build our fan base differently because we're not in the city. And so when you're in the city, you know, you can be at a cool bar and that bar is going to promote. Uh, we do have some of that vibe. You know, we play we played home bar uh, last summer in Arlington Heights. We'll be back there in February. Uh, we've played Kings and Convicts in, in Highwood and Dirty Nellies. And we're, we're still uh, looking for, you know, other places to work over the next a couple of years we have, but part of this is also like, we want to have fun. We want our fans to have fun. We want to present differently. Our last show was in a, a glow in the dark boxing gym, which allowed for just a new feel. And, you know, we just have, we want to be a little bit outside of that. That doesn't mean we would ever, you know, we wouldn't consider playing a Logan square or something like that, but really we want to stay in our, uh, our neighborhood and, and present, you know, those around this area or, a little bit of a drive, something a little bit different and a little more sort of family friendly. And then Mitzvah Mania, putting together that type of show. What's it like to get all this great Jewish talent together to kind of come together and kind of make a nice little celebration of Jewish wrestling? Yeah, so it's the first time it ever, ha that, that ever happened that there was Jewish representation on every in every match. There was two matches that weren't uh, Jewish, uh, and I'm using Jewish in the wrestlers. One was Billy Starks at the time defended her title against Brooke Havoc, who's an amazing talent on the on the West Coast. Uh, but Lisa Marie Varen was the referee. And then we had a pre-match um, that featured a handful of our regulars, Brogan Finley, uh, Etsy Orlandi, and Darius Luttrell, and then we and now Brittany Brooks. And then uh, we also had Alan Angels and Kid Bandit in that match. So there was a sort of a pre-match show, which we've never done before. You know, it was it was complicated to source everything. Kid Bandit and Royce Isaacs helped us a lot because they're from the West Coast uh, and Royce have known for a while. So that was really great. You know, I think for the talent and for myself and video crew and all that, it was a celebration. I mean, it's the first time it ever happened. People were honored to be a part of it. People were excited to be a part of it. There were people were emotional. On our YouTube page, you can find both a speech by Lisa Marie Varen and Cole Cabana, which are really inspirational. And um, many people came up to me during Mania Week, whether it was at Mania or else or WrestleCon or whatever it was, and talked about, you know, they heard about Colt's speech and that kind of stuff. And it was, it was that special. It was difficult to put it all together, but we had an amazing crew that was dedicated. 
it was a massive card. Uh, every top to bottom, it was. You had Team uh, Simon Miller versus Team Brian Zane. You had Colt Cabana versus QT Marshall in the main event. The opener was Jack Hartwell versus Royce Isaacs, which may be the best match second wrestling's ever had. I mean, those two t- started the show and tore it down. And uh, you also had Chelsea Durden and Milo, who have made some waves uh in the women's scene and Ariel Levy and Chris Masters. So it was really top to bottom. I mean, even the pre-show that had Brittany Brooks, Kid Bandit, um, Alan Angels, Brogan Finley, you know, now, you know, signed to NXT and, and all these, and, and Ezio and Darius, two of our regulars. I and mean, it was really a powerful, and, and by the way, there were so many wrestlers in the crowd that, you know, names you would know who just came to see it or came with their buddies. So it was, a, it was certainly definitely a celebration. We also had, Dal Capone and Jordan Castle and Emily Heller working, uh, doing uh, commentary and things like that. You've even had like Dak Draper and Carlito at some of your stuff as well, which is really cool. Yeah, well, uh, we've had them for the summer shows. Some of the summer shows were able to bring in a WWE name at the right situation. Um, and Dak is a regular for us. You know, if he's listening, Dak moved to Chicago and, you know, first wrestling will be with, uh, excuse me, second wrestling with you all the time. He also works first wrestling. Uh, but, you know, he's not too far. He's in the Midwest, and we love Dak. Uh, we think the world of him, one of the best wrestlers on the face of the earth. Amazing stuff. And another thing I really like about second wrestling, the young talent, some guys that may be overlooked in other promotions, guys like Jackson Stampede Larkin, the Maxwell Street Heritage Champion, Beyond Alpha, Ezio Orlandi, and even the manager, Jason Midas. I mean, guys that have kind of had some Chicago area roots, but maybe haven't been placed on a card where they deserve to be for their hard work, but second wrestling has kind of opened the door for them. Yeah. So we're always listening and trying to give people spots if it can work for us. Cause you know, we also have to sell tickets and we also have to, you know, have real matches for, for some of our talent who maybe don't want to wrestle the same people all the time. And so, you know, also Sean Logan, who's been on probably more cards, but not necessarily in the spot, you know, he's not necessarily the opener uh, is not necessarily in title matches. And so Sean Jackson, Ezio, even Eris Creed. Now we're, we're, we're trying to find ways to, you know, boost some of this talent and, and also, you know, listen, Billy Starks wasn't a champion everywhere before she came to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Miss Kate's not a champion everywhere she goes. She's been a tag champion at NWA, uh, but this is an intergender title that you know she's going to go up against great talent all the time. You know Heather Monroe and David Ali maybe not as young, but um, they don't necessarily have home promotions in Chicago that are elevating them to title scenes. So you know we're trying to put our our stamp sort of on Chicago through the talent that have shown a commitment to us, but also that we're showing a commitment to them and, and how we um, grow from there is important and how they grow, giving them the opportunity to see, you know, what, what they can do with, if given a shot. And to go back to some of the venues you ran a little bit too, really cool venues, especially that uh, boxing gym that you guys ran for the last show. And how do you come across places like that to run shows? High ceilings. I'm looking for everywhere I go and, and for food or for anything. You know, the Glow in the Dark show was something I wanted to do. And I just had to find the venue that could pull it off. And then, you know, and then, listen, we were, thought Dirty Nellies would be our home for a long time. For those who don't know, they're closing in a couple mm-hmm. and I don't know exactly the date. So we pivoted down the street to Home Bar, which has been a great partner. We'll be back again there in February. Our hope is to do two shows a year at Home Bar and make it re- really our bar that that does wrestling. It, it was a great venue. They were really easy to work with. And, you know, from, from there, uh, we're always looking for the right places. There've been great opportunities and there's been some not so great opportunities that were just didn't make sense for us. So we're, we're really hyper-focused on what's the right size venue. Where's the right location. Does it benefit the, the venue and us? And those are key things. I name dropped you and Second Wrestling on last week's podcast episode, which featured Hartenbauer. Now, camera guy Nick Consolvo made a social media post with pictures of CSW Tag Team Champions Joey Jet Avalon and Sierra side-by-side with freelance Tag Team Champions GPA and Laney. Now, three of the four 
of these wrestlers have been at your shows, whether it's for regular shows and or camp shows. And I'm sure you can probably get GPA to tag along with Lane if you really wanted to. Now, this is a match that I want somebody to run, and maybe you could be the guy to do it. And this match would be an amazing and quite the spectacle. You're saying Joey the Jet, uh, you're saying Joey the Jet and uh, Sierra versus Laney and GPA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we don't. It is. It, it's true. You know, one thing that's really interesting that I have found out. You know, in 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 uh, let's say AEW, you know, the, uh, a complaint you hear sometimes is that they don't have enough women's matches, but they have a tremendous tag division. And you know, for WWE. Maybe the tag division is a little lesser known, and and the you know the women are better known, and, and these things can fluctuate. When you only have six or seven matches on a card, it's hard to develop three different divisions, right? Mm-hmm. Tag, women's, and and men's, or maybe it's not even women's and men's, just intergender, but highlight highlight both. And so, it, admittedly, um, tag team wrestling hasn't been a major focus, not for a lack of love. I love tag team wrestling. And you've seen pick and pop. You've seen formerly known as the bang bros. You've seen teams come together that like made sense, like Jossie and Trevor outlaw or Eric Cannon and Cole Cabana, Eric Cannon and Warhorse. right? You've seen some of those. So while your suggestion is great and we love all of those talents, you know, what would they be wrestling over? Right. And so like, Laney and GPA hold gold and they should put that gold up against the best. They just did against Stephen Wolf and, um, and, and Hyan. And um, yeah, I mean, we've only had good experiences with Joey and Sierra. We would have them back a hundred times over our, we've tried by the way, that's uh, you know, Joey and I laugh about this. We've laughed about this a bunch of times that uh, we, our schedules just don't align. So we'll hopefully have them back with nothing but good things to say. Sierra is um class act and mm-hmm. tremendous talent and um deserve they both deserve a lot yeah sierra is starting to do some really big things he just won the aaw women's championship from masha slamovich obviously i just mentioned that she won the tag team titles with joey and he was recently the csw women's champion for a long time too and just a great all four of those talents are just great it's just a dream match i'd love to see <laughs> yeah i i think that there's uh someone who was willing to do that it's not to say we wouldn't Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we also try to like, right, our roster is different than CSW and different than freelance, not to say that we don't use some of them, but, um, you know, I, I, it's possible, you know, Lainey has a bright future with us. Um, she's a tremendous talent. She's had some great matches. She's had some really big matches, unfortunately canceled on her due to, um, you know, the other talent, either having some travel issues. So Steph Lander and, and, uh, Kenzie Page or two that that come to mind that we're supposed to face Laney that unfortunately due to travel issues those matches didn't happen it's it's become a joke between Laney and I that like I should stop booking her and book big matches book book the big match for someone else and then switch it the day of the card so that she actually gets the match that happens so yeah maybe that'll kind of reverse the curse or uh squash yeah. out the jinx exactly <laughs> so what have you learned over these last two years as a promoter and putting together these shows with the logistics and putting together a card, finding talent, finding venues, stuff like that? You know, most of it I love deeply. You know, there's there's some minutia that uh, takes a lot of time and is difficult. I love talking to people. I think if someone else trying to promote, number one is you have to be willing to take a loss and understand what that means because it's not right to not pay your talent. Uh, you got to pay your talent, got to make sure your bills are paid. And sometimes that comes, you, you have the biggest risk and you have the biggest reward. You know, the other piece is that, uh, there's going to be a lot of no's you go to venues. You're like, this is the perfect venue for wrestling, the perfect location for wrestling. And they're like, no, or they want so much money that you will never make it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you're, st- you know, no is at first that gets you down and then you're, you get picked right back up and you figure out where the next place to play is or who the next talent is. The other thing I learned is again, like create the culture you want. So, and, and that's true for the relationship between talent and promoters. So if you want to build a big locker, a wonderful locker room, you have to have wonderful people. And if someone's going to jeopardize that, then even if they're a superstar in the ring, 
it's probably not worth the 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 whole locker rooms experience. And so we've been really meticulous in who we've brought in. We know almost all of the talent or have vetted them. There's only a few people I would necessarily trust to ask if they these people are are worth it. And and I think that you see that. Um, I think in the history of second wrestling, there have been three people who I have not seen live that have wrestled in our company. And both of them were because of, or all of them were because of last second cancellations. So, and we needed to fill the card and we went, we watched their, we could watch a match online, but we didn't get to know them as people or we did call someone to vouch for them, but that's different than seeing them live and seeing what they bring. And so, you know, there's a few of the guys like to joke that like, how is one of the biggest hustlers they know a rabbi? Um, And it's because I'm out there, like I'm social. I, I want to make sure that our product represents what we want to do, which is good people, great time, respectful. And that is a, that's a key to, to, to what we do is, is who it, it, it is who's help it's who's behind the curtain. Absolutely. Looking back at these last two years, do you think you've ex- met or exceeded your expectations for second wrestling? And what do you want to do with the brand to push it even further? Uh, we've blown away. My goal was two shows a year. We're about to do show number 21 in two years. Uh, so my goal was four. Uh, so in terms of show, uh, in terms of reach, those things have all, and, and you know, we've had amazing people, for sure, entertainment, who does a lot of our music. They're absolutely to credit. Uh, some of my guys, like friends who have come out to help at the shows, uh, the Mike Carmen and Lawrence Levine and Henry Bernstein, these guys have um, really helped me stay sane day of the show and great partnerships. So we've been very, very lucky, tremendous sponsors who have seen what we're trying to do in our vision. Uh, what's next? You know, I think that we're we're hovering on, you know, on most of our shows go anywhere from 100 to 175 people. What we really love to get to is like when we do the small venues, like 100 is fine. That's sort of what we're planning for. But when we do the bigger venues, like 200, sort of like our real goal, that's when when we'll be able to to even heighten the show a little bit more. And so we need to build to that. And we we're always thinking about how we do that, how we build new fan bases. That's one of the reasons we play a lot of different venues is because there's different people talking inside that venue. And so that's super helpful to um our growth because new places mean but we also want to settle in on like northbrook so people can expect that home bar and then you know our goal is every other month to really do a show and then the camp shows or a spontaneous signing or something like that so you know i think you can see that we're working on something kind of big right now that uh could take place this summer uh we're just in the beginning stages so nothing really to announce but it would be a, a a strong partnership and a really fun show to put on um, but again, I'm always trying to think like, I don't want to just run the same shows. I want to do things that are motivate more people to to see what, who we are and what we do so that as we grow, um, consistency is the biggest piece. And once again, coming up Sunday, December the 10th, back at where everything started, the Bernard Winger JCC, second in command. It's 300 Revere Drive in Northbrook, Illinois. Doors at four, bell at five with Missa Kate defending the second wrestling championship against Billy Starks, Eric Cannon versus Trevor Lotlaw. You'll have Jared Cartwheel and making a special appearance, the Warlord. So where can people get tickets for second in command? Almost all of our tickets are always on a, on Eventbrite. Uh, we have very limited ringside seats left and we're super excited. I, I believe it. I don't always say that this will be our best show. Like I, um, I think Technicolor Dream Wars was our best show, but I didn't think it would be our best show. Like I did not go in thinking like this is our best crew. I mean, we had some really fun people. Richard Holiday with us, Brittany Brooks was with us. The main event of Missa and, and Cannon, uh, Billy Starks, uh, Brittany Brooks had never happened before, so you know that was special. The blow off match between Stampede and Ezio, so we knew it would be a good fun card. But you know, we didn't have a Warlord, we didn't have an Effie, we didn't have uh, you know some of these bigger names to sort of bring in the ca- the more casual fan. But afterwards, I think this will be our best show. I mean, the the, the card is written, assuming there's no cancellations, God forbid, or injuries or anything. The card's written and every match is meaningful. Every match is interesting. And and there's only, there's only up to go from here. I think what will happen at this show 
people will see a lot of the different elements we bring to a show and will see a little bit more clarity going forward in terms of storylines. Rabbi, fine. Why don't you go ahead and share your social media and anything for Second Wrestling, as well as where people can get Second Wrestling merchandise and upcoming events like we already know one of coming up. So, yeah. Uh, Teespring is where all of our merchandise is at Second Wrestling, Second with a Two. All of our handles are at Second Wrestling. We're on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Second Wrestling, again, Second with a Two instead of an S. Uh, and then our show after December is February 4th at Home Bar. I believe it's also 4 p.m. doors, 5 p.m. show. Uh, if you haven't, if you didn't come to the last show there, it's an awesome venue to watch wrestling at. Um, they have great beer on tap and food. You, you know, we don't really play like coming off stages a little, at all. So this is kind of cool for us in, the, in terms of the venue. And, you know, we haven't really announced anyone, but I, you can imagine the regulars will be there. And, you know, we always have one or two coming in to, to add to the card. We're working on that now. Rabbi Thine, thank you very much for coming back. It's been a great two years so far working with you in Second Wrestling. Thank you, Mike. All the best. Always fun to talk to Rabbi Fine. Jeremy is so in tune with what the fans want in wrestling and Second Wrestling is one of the most unique and colorful and enjoyable local promotions you'll see in the Chicagoland area. You'll see the up-and-coming great independent stars of the region. You'll see independent darlings. You'll see legends. All kinds of great stuff. AEW, ROH, MLW, NWA talents have all come through Second Wrestling. Check them out on December the 10th at Second In Command up in Northbrook. All right, next week we're going to recap some of the big news from this weekend's action. Look ahead to shows such as Freelance and Second Wrestling. Plus, for our 200th episode, we're working on getting an extra special guest. And you can catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.